0: Well, hello friends, I hope you're doing well. We are going to talk about habits. Habits can make or break you. And I think it's so pivotal that we understand how habits can either set us up for success or sabotage. And it's all in the devil in the details that make these habits so good or bad for us, depending on what end of the spectrum we're on with it. But I wanted to share with you that it's taken me some time to really understand the premise of having certain elements of my life, I call it on um, cruise control, where I'm just steering the process, that the process is still successfully moving forward because I've planned planfully to have a series of things in place for this process to go well. And one of the processes that I really had to become a steward at, like many of you are with meal planning. I will have to raise my hand. I really would often balk at premeditated meals. I know this sounds so petty, but it's so true. I was the queen of, if I took out steak today, maybe by the time I got home, I may not want that. So what if I wanted chicken? And I would just run the gamut of different flavors or things that I think I may want. And I would do that. I would take out, you know, something for dinner. And then when I got home, that just wasn't the thing I wanted to have. And, um, I would be scrambling trying to figure out my dinner situation. And I will say, during this time of quarantine recalibration, I have had to become very fluid with my cooking because I am also working during the day, as many of you, and I work from home, have an office based job. And I start off my morning. Uh, with making sure that me and my daughter have our breakfast together. Um, And I'll kind of backtrack on my morning routine, um, but this habit sets precedent for the day because if she doesn't get her breakfast at a certain time, she's not allowed to consume any of her food while she's doing virtual class. I don't know how I feel about it, but I get it. So it's imperative that I have dinner, I'm sorry, I have breakfast ready right before she starts class one. It's also imperative that I have breakfast ready for myself because I am often doing what I call my daily brief. Um, I try not to schedule meetings at the top of my day, uh, but oftentimes I'll have them close about nine or 10 o'clock. So I want that window of time open about eight to be able to as I call it, peruse my emails and be able to uh, eat my breakfast and sip on my coffee and kind of plot out my plan for the day. And I believe in the past, I truly was winging it. Now, full confession, uh, about 2018, that's when I changed and started intermittent fasting. For a large majority of time, I was only an intermittent faster. So, a lot of, oper- a lot of time, I wouldn't even make breakfast. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, the kids were back in school then. So, I wasn't making breakfast for anyone. We were just grabbing Pop Tarts or whatever and leaving out the door. And it's not that they didn't have healthy options, but mom just wasn't cooking breakfast at that particular point in time. Fast forward, we're all at home, the pandemic. And at the time, at the top of it, I think I, you know, referenced my two oldest girls were with us at that time. So I would also want to time how we were all in the kitchen. And I don't know if you guys have this dance, I call it, with your roommates, even if they're your husband or your kids or whomever, I still call them roomies. So, you know, we wanted to make sure the kitchen was fluid, that if I finished up what I did, you know, my oldest daughter can come in, get her coffee, start her day. My middle daughter, she can sachet whenever she feels like it to the refrigerator and kind of stand there and dream about what it is that she's going to cook. And my little one, eh, well, probably not so much unless I kind of nudgingly uh, got her to eat something. So we had to solidify a eating process that worked for all of us. And this newer lifestyle that me and my youngest daughter have, we've streamlined it. We have it like a well-organized machine and it makes all the difference in the world. What I also do uh, that I've recently been doing is um, making sure that after I am done with work that I immediately get to uh, some type of relaxation, whether I turn on gospel music for a minute or I do my impromptu Michael Jackson. Um, I know that sounds weird, but um, I need to shake off that tension for the day. And for those of us who have lost our commute and we are working remotely from our homes, I think it's so critical that you have to incorporate some type of transitional evening activity when you are done with work. And I've also had to realize that my time is valuable. Just because I work at home doesn't mean people get to call me at 506, 525, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. And I will be very transparent. When we first went into this pandemic, I had no sense of time. I was winging everything and I can remember it. I remember I had this fancy little office that I got all set up. I was more, you know, about the aesthetics of the office and not really the functionality. And thank goodness it works. But I didn't come up with, well, I'm going to have breakfast at this time. And I'm going to look at my emails at this time. I would just get up Maybe I would shower, maybe I wouldn't, full transparency. This was the top of the pandemic. And I would sashay, get my coffee, and I would start my day. And as time went on, I said, I can't start my day like this. And slowly but surely, I began to do a routine with my cats. And that was before my grand cat passed on the summer. I would routinely get up, have my coffee, and I would actually go sit outside. That was the gist of my morning routine. I would turn on my laptop and computer monitors, and I would go outside and I would sit with the cats. The one cat, my grand cat, because my uh, main cat um, is an indoor cat. And at the time, you know, when my grand cat was alive, we would sit out in the sun, sip coffee. I would sip coffee and, you know, catch the morning breeze, and then go back in and start a series of meetings. And that was a routine. And then as we began to realize that, Hey, this isn't just going to be for the short term. This is a long term situation. How will I integrate this new processes? And I began to do it over time. So the habits that I created were out of non habits, if you will, because I would often not have the habit of planning accordingly, even for my lunch. And at the very thick of the pandemic, we literally were in meetings for hours on end, and I didn't have any food plans for lunch. And oftentimes these meetings would be between 12 and 1. I didn't have anything easily that I can get. And if there were um, at the time, because I was doing a lot of delivery, and one of my favorite uh, fruit snacks to notch on was uh, mango. And I know That's very specific, but I'm a weirdo, but I love dried mango specifically from Whole Foods. But do you know how much sugar is in that? So I would have like a nice size container on my desk and nosh on that during meetings. Oh my gosh, I should have not shook myself when I've gained the first set of pandemic weight. And then when I gained subsequent more weight, I I shouldn't have been surprised, but I hadn't come up with a process to make sure that I was planning accordingly for my for my meals that was adequate for me, and that was another uh, habit that became not so great. That you know, at the very top of the pandemic, I would have wine with every uh, with every. I was going to say breakfast. God no, with every dinner. And I would pride myself that the dinner was healthy. And I'm not knocking wine. But for those of us who may are are more weight conscious, and I'm going to raise my hand here, that wasn't a good idea. I really wasn't watching the calories. And I really got overzealous to the point I didn't even realize it. And it just became a habit. Oh, it's five o'clock, must be my happy hour time. And I would Sachet away from the computer, shut down for the night, get one of my beautiful wine goblets. And if it was nice outside, social distance with my neighbors. And again, I, I think that was all great because it gave me an opportunity to connect with my neighbors. And I had to begin to refine the process for the longevity of how are my dinners going to be on a go forward basis like if i'm concerned about some weight gain what am i going to do you know with this alcohol being added and by golly it's taken just about a year because we went home in march and we are sitting here at the very end of january and i can truly say that my life has changed expeditiously Um, And who knew at the top of the pandemic that at the latter part of it, that I would become a caregiver for my mom. So I had to integrate that. And that also included being planful. So if you want to see measurable success, whether you're working in a traditional office setting where you have to drive, still there physically, if you are a remote worker and you're working from home, or whatever your profession may be. Some things I think you really need to consider is your meals and the ease of it and the realisticness of it. I think it's nice to look on Pinterest and Instagram and whatever platforms that feel comfortable to get ideas. But we have to understand that at five o'clock, if throwing together, that's something that's pretty elaborate and it's going to take at least 25 to 35 minutes in prep time, that may not be sufficient. So as much as I didn't enjoy planning out my meals, what I learned is to have some things prepped. So at a swivel, I can quickly get dinner on the table. There are a couple of days where I just know I'm committed to uh, a particular meal and I'm okay with it. But I most of the time try to be planful and understand that there are going to be times where I need to have a change quickly. And that's when you make sure that your refrigerator and your pantry is stocked and sufficiently Um, in the capacity to be able to accomplish this. And what I will tell you, for those of you who are working at home, make it a mission to fully take your lunch and do it from a table. It is so easy to get a plate and sit in front of your monitor and scroll on your phone. And you are mindlessly not even being conscientious of the food and your digestive process. You totally miss that in translation, so I think it's very, very, very integral that you are seated and you are enjoying the meal, and you make sure that if you share your home with others, that they understand that this is your meal time, and that if there's conversations, that they have to be respectful of it. The other thing I have definitely evolved is my cleaning. Um, I used to in the past really try to stick to a regimented schedule, and that does not work for me. And again, we can only be good stewards when we really identify what makes us tick. And I know for me, I have to have flexibility in all what I do. If you tell me I have to do something one way, I'm gonna probably not be able to do it long standing unless it's life or death. So I remembered that sometimes during the busy season of work, I didn't want to have bathroom day beyond Monday, just didn't work for me. So I have come up with some better ways for me to do my cleaning episodes a couple of nights a week and make sure that my whole uh, living room area is always completely together at the end of the night that I'm not coming in doing any sort of cleaning to my front living room. And also that my kitchen has a reset. And I learned this from a YouTuber and I like the phrase of it because the kitchen area is one of the areas that we were used so many times. And how clunky is it that you've had a meal and then there's another meal time, but you haven't cleared out the clutter, the debris, any of that that involved the previous meal. So I employ you, after each meal, have a reset and quickly clean as you go. My mom would do this when I was a kid. She would run uh, dish water and she would have these two hot rags. And I remember she would always put a little bleach in the water and she would have these rags ready to wipe down surfaces as she went along. We didn't have a dishwasher. My mom was the dishwasher along with us. And she would be quickly chopping and storing and making sure that she washed anything that she prepped. And it was like a fine oil machine. And as much as I don't like it, I had to finally bend and get some disposable products to make it a little better flow for us for the kitchen. And it's actually pretty easy now that it's just the two of us. It's really gotten to be a fine oil machine. We've we figured out our processes and we run our dishwasher every night. We probably don't need to, but it doesn't bother us. It's not getting in our way. And that's one of the first things I do. So I'm going to kind of walk back and kind of revisit what is the morning routine? And I'm going to give you from the house perspective, not necessarily from a personal perspective, what I do as the person to prep. But from a house perspective, I feed my fish and my cat the first thing in the morning. My cat has this funny thing where she just wants us to walk over to the bowl every morning. She doesn't necessarily have to have any food in it Um but she just wants us to kind of shake over her bowl, I guess, to start her day. And sometimes she'll nosh a little bit and sometimes she won't. I feed my fish in the morning and then I often will either burn my candles or burn my incense. And then I always try to have like um, on YouTube, where they'll have like meditative morning music. I'll try to have that going. And I have the lights on dim. I don't turn on the main lights just quite yet, because it's still pretty early. We're still talking about 630, 645. My office is in a extension of the home, which doesn't lend itself to a lot of ventilation. Um, and it's really cold back there. So I'll often open up the door to the office and I have a small heater and I don't run it overnight. I only like to run the heater when I'm actually in it. So I will open up the, the door of the office, I'll turn on my computer just to make sure it's working. And I then will uh, set my heater and I'll even turn up my heat just a here of a bit until it gets to the temperature of the rest of the lower level. I'll start my morning, and I've recently started doing this, I'll have some lemon water with a splash of apple cider vinegar. And at some point I will brew coffee, but I don't make it a mainstay like I used to. And before I change some of my uh, eating habits, I would automatically um, start my coffee and I would uh, have my frother with my oat milk and boy, just thinking about it, it gets me all worked up. That's one of my favorite traits. I definitely will miss that. I can't wait till I integrate that treat back in. So I would get my coffee going and off I go. Once I get that part of the day going, I'll shower, um, I'll even work out and then I'll start working on our breakfast as we're getting closer and it's getting light outside. I'll then, uh, you know, my daughter, she'll be in the upstairs bathroom, getting herself ready for school after she comes out, then I'll get myself together before I actually sit and start working in front of my desk. And then she'll grab her food that I've made and then I'll take my breakfast and then I'll start perusing my emails that schedule kind of worked well for us and the new integration i'm doing as a get off of work i'm using these air quotes you can't see them is to have that decompression time as i mentioned i think it's so critical especially for those of us who are working from home to really make sure we do a transition and to shake off that stress so a part of my habit that i'm doing to move forward to get through my evening and transition to the home environment is to do yoga and really do some mindfulness. I think that understanding that, you know, you've worked your eight hour job and you may not have the commute that you can just turn up the radio, but you can, you know, throw in your earbuds or listen to something on your TV, iPod, whatever you have, and and kind of zone out for a little bit. And the other thing I believe is so important is working out the tension in the body. Um, I didn't realize how much tension I had in my body until early last year when I began doing the um, monthly massages. And that was also a new habit that I started. Uh, with self care before, you know, the pandemic is making sure that I was doing my monthly massages and I've continued uh, on that process. But I think after I get off of work, the biggest game changer has been doing my yoga. Um, I love the fact that I'm able to just get into that mindfulness state and it puts work further behind me and I can truly be present because I've spent eight hours working in my office, my daughter has been online, and afterwards, I'm not so fussy or edgy like I was before. I literally would leave the computer and go right to the kitchen and start dinner, and it was in a fever pitch. And now our dinners are so much more streamlined, and I don't make these extra fussy dinners, and I still cook a good meal, don't get me wrong, but I am a prepper. I've learned that, you know, if I know I'm going to have onions or carrots or any type of uh, thing uh, in dinner, I will often use my lunchtime uh, to do some prep work that I can employ for dinner. And if I really am feeling adventurous, I may even do a little bit of prep work as I'm making the coffee and getting ready for work. So I may even do that to just make life a little easier. What I found though, is that when you have your habits, it gives you your blueprint and it sets you up for success. And I think we really need to understand that you don't get successful by accident. You get successful by making a series of choices. And that's a series of constructed behaviors. And that's with everything. If you think about people who clean their house, they have to have a methodology to it. If you think about bodybuilders, again, that employs a methodology to that. If you think about people who want to be glamorous and wear a lot of makeup and other you know, accessories. That takes time. It takes planning. Again, that just doesn't happen by accident. It happens by planfulness. And if there are items that are really hard parts for you that you say, you know, I really struggle with being organized, really find the sweet spot that's going to work for you and your organization. Because if someone organizes you, and let's say it's to their point of reference, it's not going to work for you. And that's what I had to realize at almost 50 years old, that I can't just follow someone else's blueprint. Like a lot of people, you know, we're all unique and there's some things I I keep in and there's some things I throw out. It's like, you know, keep the baby, uh, you know, don't throw out the baby with the bath water. So there can be some merit and opportunity to learn a process, but modify it that works best for you. And when you do these habits long enough, you will reap the rewards. It is something that's so peaceful about having a home routine, a transitional routine that you're not living in chaos. And you have some things that you know you can anticipate that work to your higher self. So I hope I gave you a lot to think about as it relates to forming habits and some of the habits that I have. These are all very good things that we can carry through all facets of our life. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate your listenership. Namaste, friends.